Join me, Chelsea Erson, on season three of my podcast, Dear Young Rocker. Tune in to hear some of my favorite musicians tell stories from their awkward musical beginnings, reconnect with the teenager they used to be, and remember what it's like to fall in love with your favorite band for the first time. Listen to Dear Young Rocker Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've spoken on the show about stress and anxiety and ways that some teens have helped themselves deal with it. But what if dealing with it means like starting a bad habit? Have you ever had a desire to do something and just cannot stop? Anxiety feels like you just can't breathe. Like I am losing control of myself. Like uncertainty mixed with something new. A physical pushback from the things that you want to do but are too afraid to do. Yeah, I have been bullied in sixth grade and You're going through life and it's tough. But what's going to happen to you? How do you get through it? Does anyone even understand? I wish someone could tell me what to do. Hi, I'm Samantha Logan, and this is We Got You, a podcast for kids whose hard questions are answered by the older teenage kids who have already been through it. My guest today is 18-year-old Jayla. Jayla developed an anxiety disorder from trauma that happened to her in middle school, which caused her to begin a bad habit to deal with it. Here, she talks about her story and how she overcame her disorder and found her own worth in the process. Listener discretion warning, Jayla does talk about experiencing abuse, so if you feel discomfort hearing about that, we suggest that you tune out now. My name is Jayla. I'm 18 years old and I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. So, um, started from a young age, I was always under a lot of stress based on the environment that I grew up in. I grew up in a single parent household with only my mother. My father was not there, but my mother, she was there, but mentally she was not there. She suffered significantly from depression. So, you know, school was the only place that I could go where I could just be a kid, where I didn't have to hide behind this mask of, you know, saying what I wanted to say without there being any type of consequence. I could, like, express how I felt. That's what school was for me. I would say I was about probably 10 or 11 years old. And during that time in fifth grade, I was sexually assaulted by a student there. I was only 11 years old, so, you know, I had a lot of emotions because I didn't know how to feel. As a kid, you know, you tell yourself, oh, I would never be in that position. And then when it happens, you kind of look at yourself like, you kind of, like, put the blame on to you instead of the person who actually did it to you. During that time, I was very moody. I was on edge. I didn't understand. Out of all the people in the world, it had to happen to me. I thought I was the only one. I was trapped inside my own body. I kept denying, I kept making excuses for the person who did it. (laughs) 
after that, I started pulling my hair out a lot. And at first it was like mild. It wasn't like serious or anything like that. But then as I got to high school, I started to stress more because of what was happening in my household. I started pulling out more and more of my hair. I found out that I had a mental disorder called trichotillomania, which is a hair pulling disorder caused by stress. It's not directly linked to anxiety, but the most people who have it have anxiety or depression. It was a lot of things going on in my life at that young age. I was always, you know, a shy kid. So when this did start to occur, I don't remember telling anyone at all. I only started to tell people once I got to high school because that's when it started to become very noticeable. I was in denial of everything that was happening in my life at that point. I didn't want to believe anything. So I just thought that me having this disorder would eventually subside. The first time it became noticeable, it was the finals. And they had everything set up in the gym, all the couches, the big screen TV, you could take pictures and everything. I had worn my LeBron James shirt and I had walked in, I was so excited and everything. And I didn't even realize that like, before I even had got there, I literally pulled out my entire eyebrow. And I still have a picture of it, which is crazy because that day, you know, we had took a ton of pictures. Me and my friends were looking at the picture. They were like, why is your eyebrow like halfway gone? I was so embarrassed. When I found out what it was, I was just like, okay, this explains everything. And the way they describe this type of disorder is like, it's a irresistible urge to pull your hair because that's the only way you can release stress. They explained it like it's a mental disorder, so it's something that's in your head telling you, like, you know, when you pull your hair, it releases stress. So I started to see that it affected my day-to-day -day life on what I did. So that I feel like that's what made me stop. I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I have so much to achieve and so much to do. I can overcome this obstacle and I could achieve so much more if I just stop pulling my hair. So I feel like once I was able to tell myself, you know, you can do all these things that, you know, you set your mind to, you can really stop doing it if you really, you know, it's gonna be hard, of course, it's, it's a mental thing. I love to write, so me writing, that's what I love doing. As a kid, I didn't know what I loved doing. I really thought it was the end of the world. Like, I just thought this how life was, this, this is how life's supposed to be. I'm older now and I realize it's so much more to see in the world. It's so much more to discover and to explore, not only in the world, but about yourself. I really did think like I had the inner strength at that young of an age to overcome all the things that I've overcome in life. Being, you know, physically abused, being sexually assaulted. I didn't think it was a way out really. I just thought my life was built on all these things that happened to me. And it's so much more to see in the world. And I wish that I was younger that, you know, I would have had the strength to come out way before just to talk about it. Asking for help is a sign of strength, not weakness. It does not make you weak at all to ask for help. 
I ask for help a lot now. <laughs> so, like, it's okay asking for help. It's okay. It's not a bad thing to ask if you need help with something. Just having a person to talk to, being a soundboard, just listening to someone, it's not bad at all. So now is the part of the show where we take questions from you out there. We asked you on our Instagram account, We Got You Show, to submit anonymous questions about any and all your issues, and we had lots of responses. Thank you, and keep that up for the coming episodes. Our audience submitted questions are about anxiety disorders. For today's panel of experts, Jayla is also joined by Tyla, a teen we will speak to later this season. Okay, here is the first question. If you think your anxiety is causing you to do something bad, how do you seek help for it without getting into trouble? Well, first and foremost, that's great that that person is able to recognize that, you know, if I do do this, I'm going to get in trouble because some people won't even take responsibility for it or won't even own up to it. So that's the first step. Um, the second step I will feel like is talking to someone you could try to ask them, what would you do if you were in that situation? Um, a third step would be, I would say, just talking to an adult about it. I feel like adults are much more open. Unlike, you know, kids, sometimes they're like much less judgmental about things because they've been through that and they know how it feels. So they'll be more open and honest with you. They'll give you like the pros and the cons of it, but they'll be honest with you about it as well. That's really good advice. Um, I think just finding someone you trust and talking to them about it. And again, like Jayla said, you don't have to be explicit in like what this unknown bad thing is. You can just pose it as a hypothetical. Um, and then there's also confidential resources um, floating around on the internet that you can use, like um, calling different resources or texting. You should never be ashamed for asking for help. And recognizing that you need help is a really good first step, like Jayla said. What if it's hard for you to explain how you're feeling at the time it's happening? That's something I really struggle with. Um, I cry like a lot. <laughs> so it's really hard for me to express how I'm feeling a lot of the times when I'm in that headspace. Um, so sometimes I just write it out and that's, that's the best way for me. As well, I feel like when you're growing up sometimes, like when I just the whole oversensitive thing, I will always, people will always call me sensitive. They're like, you're too sensitive. And it's just like, I'm not sensitive. Like, I don't, I can't really explain to them because like I said, it was so um, normalized where I'm from, where like, you know, if you're going through something, you keep it to yourself. And then like your family issues, you keep it to yourself. So when like people call me oversensitive, it's just like, no, it's just so much going on at once. And I can't really explain that to y'all because it's not really my place to explain that to y'all right now. But um, yeah, that's definitely, I definitely agree with the oversensitive part like that's so true <laughs> I'm afraid if I tell my mom I feel a lot of anxiety that she's gonna go make me see a therapist is there another way why am I so afraid I love that question <laughs> um I feel like with parents in general like I said we as kids you know of course want to make our parents proud don't really want to um 
put, I guess, our issues or our burdens onto them because they might be already dealing with so much as it is. And um, I feel like if people, like people have different relationships with their parents. So it's not really even an issue like with you just being afraid. I feel like it's just you not wanting to put your issues onto your mother. But therapy isn't bad, trust me. Like once, you know, everything came out with um with what I was going through, I had to go to like multiple therapy sessions, even family counseling we had to go to. And it was probably literally one of the most best experiences of my life, just having someone to talk to who was a professional at it and like told me like, okay, you're not over-exaggerating. This is the issue. Um, Like, you know, it isn't your fault. Um, it's things that could be improved on both sides of the spectrum. So um, therapy is not bad. So definitely, I will say just to add, tell your mom. And if she says, you know, we should go to therapy or, you know, you should go to therapy, you know, latch on to that because I'm trying to tell you, it's probably will be one of the most best experiences of your life. And you, I've never felt so comfortable in my life talking about an issue because they don't judge you. They're just there to listen to you. Exactly. It's just a free discussion and it's very open and therapy is going to be different for everyone but if you really don't feel comfortable going to it don't uh, you shouldn't be forced to go to it but hopefully you can reach a point where you feel comfortable going to a therapist and talking about uh, your anxiety openly with someone but if you don't feel comfortable going to a therapist hopefully you can talk to your mom about that issue or someone you trust it came to a point where I literally had developed such a good relationship with my therapist that like she ended up being my individual therapist. And like when I first went into it, I wasn't really like all in for it because like I said, I'm just like, this is a stranger. I don't want to tell them my business. Like, you know, but then it's like, once I went into it, our relationship got so strong. Whereas like me and her, we're still, we're so close to this day. And it's like, she's like the adult best friend. Yeah, it can be nerve wracking at first, but maybe your therapist will become your best friend. You never know. Okay, so I want to thank you all so much for tuning in to We Got You. We Got You is a podcast that gives a voice to every kid out there who doesn't have anyone to go to for advice, who might be scared to ask their friends, older siblings, or parents for help. We're here for you. And remember that right now is just a tiny part of your life and you will get through it. Tune in for the next episode where we speak with Isabella, an 18-year-old who stood up to her school's curriculum to fight for what she believed in. If you want a chance to have your questions answered or appear on our show, submit your questions via DM on our Instagram at WeGotYouShow or visit us at WeGotYouShow.com. If you need to speak with someone about any issue you are facing, Youthline is a hotline you can call for help 24-7. Dial 877-968-8491 or text teen to teen to 839863. We Got You is sponsored by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with special thanks to PRX and Tracks for Support. And huge shout outs to the Boys and Girls Club of Northeast Ohio. Production assistant is Carolina Garrigo. Theme music by Dima. Original composition by Dimitri Lidman, Ollie Chang, and Guy Brown. Music edit, sound design, and mixed by Rob Ballingle. Dialogue edit by Michelle Medias. And music supervision by Justin Morris. We Got You is created, written, and produced by Hallie Petro and Brandon Leganke in association with Sonic Union NYC. Till next time, this is Samantha Logan saying, We Got You.
Support for Tracks comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is Tracks from PRX.